outside And I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie Cause our minds not enlightened They mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action But look Hey guys, welcome back to the Savant Podcast. This is episode 41, and here at the Savant Podcast, we fulfill your pop culture needs every week, including sports talk, streaming talk, album and song reviews, and now video games. But before we get started with this episode, I want to uh, introduce uh, Matthew, my friend MJ. I met him around two, three years ago. We met at like a school trip, and we've been like good friends ever since. But uh, Matthew, how are you? Uh, what's up? Good to have you on the podcast, finally. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's really been that long, two, three years. I'm doing just fine, chilling, you know. All right. Yeah, thank you, MJ, for joining. Uh, but we're just going to uh, introduce our social media channels first. So you guys can go follow us. Uh, so you can find me, Stike Savant, on Instagram at stikes.savant, so all lowercase. And then on Twitter, Stike Savant, capital S's. Uh, and then Issue, where can they find you? Yes, they can find me at issue underscore high on Instagram. And for Twitter, you could just type in issue high, like uh, my artist name, and you'll find it on Twitter as well because it's easier uh, to find me that way on Twitter. And then MJ, where can everyone find you? I know you got a Twitch channel, a YouTube channel as well, and also a IG. Yeah, yeah. So my Twitch and IG are the exact same thing. It's just MJ underscore O-K-U-M-U-R-A, Okamura. Uh, and my YouTube is just straight up MJ, but you can find the links through both my Instagram and Twitch. Awesome. So let's get into the episode. So it's the first time talking video games on the Savant Podcast. Super excited about this. We've been kind of teasing it since the first episode. You know, when we were introducing, you know, what the podcast is about, you know, talking about pop culture as video games is such a big, important aspect of pop culture, especially in the pandemic, you know, you know, we started this podcast in, you know, September 2020. When the pandemic started, I kind of got back into playing video games because, you know, a lot of time at home as, you know, both of us have experience. But we're going to start off with our introduction to video games. Uh, I'm 24. The other guys are in grade 12. So it'll be a little bit different. But I'm going to start with you, MJ. Uh, so what was your introduction to video games? And yeah, what was your first console that you ever had? Yeah, so... I remember playing it way back when, first time I ever like seen an Xbox or laid my eyes on it. I played Call of Duty 4, I loved it, and then Ultimate Alliance 2, it was like what really like hooked me into Marvel and everything. I loved playing the game, played it multiple times over. I used to play on my brother's Xbox 360, and eventually for my birthday I got my own. I love playing video games, I love collecting consoles and games themselves. And then what about you, Tash? Yeah, for me, video games have been like an important staple in my life from like the time I was born. Like when I was the only child back in like 03, 04, 05, my parents spoiled me a lot. They bought me a dog and stuff. But uh, video games was one of the things that they like introduced me into. And I, I think I had every PlayStation console that exists. And the first console I had was the PlayStation 1. So it was like a lot different than the consoles that we have now. Like the graphics were different. But I was like a baby, so I didn't know I was you know, like doing playing with it. 
when I got a little bit older, around five, six, I had the PlayStation 2, and I used to play a bunch of the classic PlayStation 2 era games on there, and some, sometimes I'd play like a single-player game, and my brother, who's uh, right under me, would want to play as well, and I'd take a controller, another spare controller that we have, and unplug his and make him think that he's playing the game while I'm actually playing it, so that way he doesn't like keep bothering me so I could like enjoy time on the game, but yeah, I love video games, and even now, like I, I always make sure that's a priority. Awesome. And then, so for me, probably the first time I remember playing video games, the Game Boy Color back in the day, I never had one personally, but I had a few friends who did. This is probably like, you know, early elementary school. And I do remember playing, there was a Spider-Man game on there, which was quite fun. And then a lot of my friends had Nintendo DSs when those came out. This is probably after I got an Xbox 360, but yeah, I mean, those were quite fun back in the day playing, you know, Mario Kart, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I don't I don't think they had Smash on there, but, you know, I just remember playing Mario Kart mostly on there. And then Lego Star Wars was also on there. But yeah, I played the OG Xbox. Uh, we didn't have one personally, but my uncle in Toronto, my uncle's uh, he's 15 years younger than my dad. So when I was growing up, he was in, you know, his late 20s, early 30s. Uh, so when I every time I went to Toronto, would you know play the OG Xbox with him? When the Xbox 360 first came out, our, my grandpa bought it for us, and I think yeah, the first game I had on there was like NHL 07. So yeah, this was back in like 07, and yeah, Lego Star Wars, the first one uh, that came out, um, and it was just the one that was Episode four, five, and six, not the one, two, and three. But yeah, I played that quite a bit. I remember because I was back then when. Yeah, you had to save like your, you know, the story mode every single time. And I remember there's a few times uh, my younger brother, he would he deleted the story. And I remember back in the day, like it just like it would take so long to do all the side missions. And I mean, looking back on it now, it's not like the most you know, complicated game. But I remember being like quite upset when uh, I had to start it over. Uh, but for after that, mostly played sport games, open world games. I uh, wasn't allowed, you know, mature games or to buy mature games in my house until first mature game I bought was when, like, the day I turned 17, like, which is, you know, pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, so I would mostly play, like, you know, if I was playing Halo, COD at friends' places. Yeah, COD 4, that was a great game. Black Ops 1, yeah, it was quite, I was in high school and that dropped, so that was pretty huge. That was back in the day when, like, you know, all your friends would go home and, you know, play COD and then unfortunately I didn't have it so I was definitely missing out on that but you know also had the Wii played the Wii which was it was it was pretty good I played my the first NBA game 2k game I had 2k 11 which I'll be talking about was on the Wii uh, which is pretty funny playing basketball on the Wii and then now you know just playing on console but uh, yeah so I had the Xbox 360 probably had like three of them because like the red ring of death happened you know quite a few times but then, yeah, I got the Xbox One about four years ago and uh, still have that right now. But uh, so that's going to move into our top five games ever. So this is going to be, you know, just personal favorites, not, you know, what we think is the top five games ever in history. But uh, I'm going to start with uh, you, Taj. Uh, so what are your top five games in the history of your life? And then what consoles did you play them on? My personal top five games of all time, definitely a lot of PlayStation games. Like, I think the majority of this list is like PlayStation. But that's not to take away from the fact that I think I've had like almost every console. I had the Wii, 
I never had the Wii U, I had the Nintendo DSs and stuff like that. But uh, the majority of these are the PlayStation consoles. So at um, number five, I got Black Ops 1. It's a classic. Uh, number four, I got NBA 2016, which is like more recent, but it was like the one of the more memorable 2K games for me because I think it was the best in the series up to that point. I just think it was so iconic. Uh, Max Payne, the original Max Payne on PlayStation 2. Uh, next up on my list, I got Midnight Club, the dub edition. And I don't know if anyone's listened to my music, but I mentioned that game a few times in a few songs because it's like, like my favorite racing game of all time, and it was on a PlayStation 2. Uh, Resident Evil Co. Veronica. Uh, I love the uh, Resident Evil franchise and gaming, but like Co. Veronica is like one of my personal favorites from like the whole PlayStation 2 era. And uh, number one, I put the Grand Theft Auto PS2 trilogy because it's just a classic, and I really think that these games like kind of are like the epitome of my childhood. And there's some games I could have thrown in there like uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, but these games are really what stuck with me throughout my lifetime and playing video games. All right, MJ, and what are your top five games ever? I'm just saying I love that that list right there, and I love the reasons why. Uh, <laughs> but my top five games, and I'm not going to put these in any like particular order, but I really do enjoy playing uh, Minecraft, of course, because, you know, it's a classic. I remember the first time I was ever introduced to Minecraft. I just fell in love with the idea of it. Just the survival mode, creative mode. You can build whatever you desire. You can try and survive and beat the game. I just thought it was revolutionary because it can be anything, you know? Moving on, I'd say the entire Borderlands series. I mean, probably because I waited seven years for the third game to come out. But I really love playing Borderlands. It's just kind of that that style of, like, like, like how you say animation or, like, design. It looks really awesome and interesting. And it's just, whenever you see something that, like, has that sort of, like, sketching and gesture lines, like, in any video game or anything, you're like, oh, that reminds me of Borderlands. I also love the characters within the game. I love Claptrap, even though he's kind of annoying. <laughs> but yeah, I'd also say I really love to play, well, this is more recent, but I love to play Valorant. Uh, it's an awesome, like, shooter. It's five five tactical shooter, kind of like search and destroy, basically. You got attackers, defenders. I love that game, personally, and that's the reason why I stream it. It's just, it's interesting. It also helps with, like, cooperation, team tactics, all of that. And it's just kind of like a team-building game. I also really love Rainbow Six Siege. That's actually what got me into competitive shooters, like tactical team-based shooters. Uh, if I hadn't played Siege, I don't know where I'd be right now. Honestly, these endless nights that I spend playing the game, my friends chilling, talking, having fun, playing ranked matches. Yeah, I'd say highest rank I ever got in that game was like Plat 4. But still, you know, somewhere. And last but obviously not least... Uh, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, I mentioned that it was, you know, one of the first games I ever played, and it's also a classic, like I mentioned. Like, it's awesome. I remember I used to play uh, Split Screen with my brother, and kind of like one of the tricks that uh, Isha used to play on his little brother, mine would uh, unplug the controller and make me think I was playing. Fun times. But yeah, those are my five games. All right, so for me, uh, so number one's two games, but I had to put both. So Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, Arkham City, uh, the Batman games by Rocksteady. I was going to put Arkham Knight, but I'm just going to put these because they're my favorite in the series for sure. Uh, obviously, there's Arkham Origins as well, which I did play, but that was made by a different studio. Uh, I believe it was uh, Warner Brothers Montreal. But uh, yeah, Arkham Asylum, and obviously, huge Batman fan. You know, Batman is my favorite superhero, always has been. 
But yeah, like, and I think this is right after, I want to say, either in the middle of the Dark Knight series or right near the tail end, when the Dark Knight Rises came out around then. Uh, I believe City maybe came out one or two years after. Yeah, I played Asylum like probably a year after it came out, and I was just like so blown away by, you know, all the side missions and uh, the the story especially, which I was blown away by because... You know, I always loved Batman for the stories and, you know, for all the villains. And then to have it in such a, you know, famous Batman location uh, was amazing. And then, you know, when City came out, I remember, because back then, uh, this is probably grade 9, grade 10. But I was, like, watching, like, pretty much every E3 every single year and, like, watching, like, every single conference and, you know, presentation by each studio. And, yeah, this one was, like, the I was the most excited for it. Yeah, I believe it came out, I want to say November, and then I ended up getting it for Christmas, but I remember just like, you know, for a whole month, I was just watching clips, because I, every single day, I was watching, you know, walkthrough videos and stuff like that, because I just, I couldn't help myself, because I was so hyped for this game, and then playing it, that, I remember that Christmas break was unreal. Yeah, definitely missed a lot of studying playing this game, because, yeah, I remember I played hours. If you haven't played this game, the, the Riddler side missions end. You know, speaking of Batman, you know, the new Batman movie coming out in March, you know, with Robert Pattinson and, you know, the main villain is the Riddler. And I just saw or like a clip where it's like kind of Riddler's clues and that kind of just brought me back to this era because there's like thousands of Riddler trophies uh, that you have to find on the map. And I never even I never finished that game. Like I finished the story mode. I think the story mode was like, I want to say 25 or like 30 percent of the whole game. And the rest was like side missions and Riddler trophies. Uh, so yeah, put that at the top. And then obviously Arkham Knight was a bit more open world and like you had like the Batmobile, but just the story wasn't, you know, wasn't the favorites. Uh, I'm not gonna get into that, but next I got, so NBA 2K11, which I was speaking of earlier. So obviously I played this on Wii and yeah, I think I definitely would have had a better time playing on console. Like I think I got every single NBA game after this game on console, but yeah, this was the one where it was like the Michael Jordan cover. You had all the Michael Jordan you know, kind of side missions where you'd enter the game at a certain point, you know, have to score a certain amount of points, win the game for your team. And yeah, it was just such a cool, you know, nostalgia factor, even though I was not alive, you know, during, you know, Michael's reign, even though I, I was born like right out, right before his last championship. Uh, I was cool looking back. Uh, and then because, you know, LeBron has always been, you know, my player. Uh, but going back and like seeing, you know, just some of the stats and like, cause it really went into detail on like each game and, and then, you know, the ability to play like a franchise mode with Michael was cool, but yeah, I'm going to put that there. And then also the soundtrack I forgot to mention that the soundtrack was unreal for that game. And that's probably that soundtrack made me a Drake fan. Cause it was, it had over by Drake was on that soundtrack. And I remember, cause I, I always knew who Drake was, but I wasn't listening to his music. Even when Take Care came out, I wasn't the biggest fan because I was still, like, you know, very 90s hip-hop, very into that. I wasn't so much into, like, you know, the kind of rap singing. Um, But now I love Drake. But then when that song first dropped on there, I still remember the first time I heard it. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. This Drake guy's going to blow up. And, yeah, he did. Uh, Next, I got GTA V. So, obviously, you know, this is a tough one to go in there, but... Yeah, it's probably the one game I go back to, you know, all the time, like online, you know, especially in the pandemic, I've really gotten back into online. And I think, uh, you know, Twitch streaming has really, 
um, helped that quite a bit with, you know, the Aiden Rosses of the world and the kind of world building that they are able to do. Um, and he's not the, obviously the only one, plenty of streamers who, you know, stream online. But, uh, and just the story mode, like, you know, I spoke of the Arkham City story mode, it was so good, but then this story mode is like another level. Yeah, it makes, because I was, when I was younger, obviously wasn't allowed to play the GTA 5 games, and this came out probably when I was in like grade 11, so I still wasn't able to get it, and yeah, this was one of the first mature games I bought as well, along with Assassin's Creed, which would be an honorable mention for this list. So next I got Red Dead Redemption 1, uh, so obviously like, most people will say, like, yeah, Red Dead 2 is, like, a better overall game. But I haven't finished that game because it's just so, like, so long and vast. I don't know how people were able to finish that game, to be honest. Because it is just crazy. Because I think I finished Red Dead 1 probably, like, three or four years ago. I brought it from a buddy. And um, it was actually the Xbox 360 version. But the cross, you know, generation, I was able to play it. Uh, but, yeah, one of the best. And, like... I never thought I would like a game, like a cowboy game, but yeah, like it's got the Red Dead feel to it. Um, obviously made by the same, you know, company. Uh, and just the, the, yeah, the story alone was like one of the best stories. Uh, definitely on par with, you know, GTA V story for sure. And then I got MLB 2K7. So yeah, this was one of the first games I had. And obviously it's an older game and like the graphics weren't the greatest, but I was just, I was really obsessed with this game. Like, I remember waking up early to play it. You know, the franchise mode was super cool because one of the cool things I had about it was, you know, when you were in the season, it would show, like, MVP races and, like, award races. But, like, it would show, like, the top 20. And, like, you can kind of, you know, if your player improves over a certain game and then it, like, goes up and it was, like, very unique because it was something that back then, you know, Madden didn't have that night at every sports game. You know, Madden, FIFA... NHL, NBA, they didn't have that, you know, you know, type of breakdown of, you know, the award races throughout the year. And then like, you know, all-star, you know, votes and stuff like that. It was just very ahead of its time. And uh, yeah, I have the, I have the MLB The Show now, love that. But, you know, it just came on Xbox like in the last year, which, you know, about time that it did. Uh, we'll talk later about, you know, Xbox versus Sony. But yeah, this wraps up our top five games of our, you know, kind of gaming careers. Uh, or I guess careers, you wouldn't, I wouldn't say careers. But now we're going to get into uh, some Twitch drama. So obviously we have the, the Twitch correspondent, MJ, on the podcast to kind of break this down. But this is going to be about, you know, the Pokimane versus Jedeon and versus Ninja as well. Uh, so if you're not familiar, so Pokimane is a streamer on Twitch. She's probably one of the most popular. I would say probably like top five, top ten. But um, I don't know. The best way to describe it is she's kind of like, and I don't really know her race or anything. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I think, she, I assume she's white, but she's got a very, you know, um, Asian feel to her. Like, you know, the anime feel and the way, and maybe she's just like, you know, full on cultural appropriation, but maybe, maybe she has some background. I'm not sure. I don't want to, you know, step and be like, she's not Asian when, you know, she is Asian, but, uh, from, from my understanding, she's not, you know, I haven't watched a whole bunch of her streams, but you know, she's a very attractive girl. And I feel like most people watch it, you know, because of her attractiveness and, that would be probably my one gripe against Twitch, I feel like. And a lot of guy streamers have come out since then, and it is harder to be, you know, 
a girl Twitch streamer over a guy. You know, that that's definitely because, you know, I mean, yeah, you can say Aiden Ross, there's like some sus guys I'll come to watch it. But for the most part, it's all jokes. But, you know, for a girl streamer, a lot of those guys are creeps and coming on. Which they, I feel like at the same time, they do, you know, not bring it on to themselves, but they do, you know, they know that's their audience. And like, they know that people are donating sometimes, hoping that they would notice them or whatever. But uh, so Jedion, he's a uh, he's a Twitch streamer as well. He's been banned off Twitch indefinitely, uh, free Jedion. But uh, yeah, so he basically went on Pokemon stream and had all his fans kind of raid her stream and like essentially harass her, you know, just spamming stuff. As you know, I'm not sure when this was, but there's a few clips of Pokemon saying the N word a few times. Like, a few times on her stream, and then there's one where she's at, like, some Twitch conference or something, and she's walking, and you can hear her say it. But she still has a platform. Like, I've seen her apologize before, but... And I believe it stems from that, and that's why she was... You know, he was harassing her, because he didn't... He played, like... He made, like, a soundbite of her saying it, uh, which is <laughs> it's pretty funny, but, like... I mean, at the end of the day, he was harassing her. But, you know, for Twitch to, he never even got a ban before, and to be banned, you know, at first he got 14 days, and then he got the indefinite ban, uh, which, you know, don't get me wrong, he wasn't helping himself in the way he was carrying himself, you know, afterwards, like, after he went on the stream, and going on Aiden Ross's stream, and then Ninja's stream, but before we get into, like, what happened with Ninja, uh, MJ, I just want to get your take on the whole Pokemon versus Jedeon, uh, what you know, as you may know a little bit more than us. And, uh, yeah, just uh, tell the people uh, what's going on with this Trish drama. Uh, the first time I actually heard about it, I heard from one of my cousins. So he was putting me on. He was like, you heard about this thing that happened? Pokemon was saying the N-word? And I was like, no way, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I heard, it, like, heard that she said it a couple times already, of course. And, like, I've seen videos of it on YouTube and all that. But I didn't know she said it recently. And she got somebody banned. And so my cousin plays this video. And off the bat, I'm just like, what's going on? Because <laughs> then, because he skips into the center, and Jideon is, you know, using the soundbite of her constantly saying the N word, repeating it. And then he goes to raid her stream. And so, what he does when he raids her stream, he goes, chat, 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 type in uh, L plus ratio. Yeah, ratio, apparently, new saying. And so his his entire chat had more viewers than Pokemon at the exact time. And they all went in there spamming, flooding her chat with L's and ratios. And I just thought it was kind of funny. But at the same time, it was harassment. It, it wasn't unfair to just treat somebody like that or like raid their stream negatively. I'm pretty sure what Ninja called it was a hate raid. And so that is something that violates the TOS of Twitch. It's something you shouldn't be doing. It was funny, though, and entertaining, and it was also shedding light on something. It was kind of exposing somebody for saying the N-word. I mean, that's something that's very sensitive and touchy nowadays, but yeah, right now, I just feel like, of course, both parties were in the wrong. Yeah, it's just strange. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely very strange. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting what happens after this, because We'll get to the ninja incident, but Ish, I just want to get your take on it. I know you're not as familiar with the incident, but uh, just your thoughts on, you know, him getting banned for the harassment when, you know, what he was, you know, spamming her for. And yeah, it wasn't, you know, getting the whole, you know, 
his whole viewership to spam her was not a good idea. He could have just, you know, made jokes about it on there, but that's just, you know, the type of streamer and uh, content creator that Jadion is, professional raw dogger, uh, as many people also say. But uh, yeah, Taj, what are your thoughts on uh, the whole Jideon versus Pokemon? Yeah, I actually like uh, Jideon, but like I will say the way he went about it was like a little bit extreme. I feel like sometimes with Jideon is like, like he's a funny guy and that's just like his personality is very like high energetic and over the top and like he's willing to do things that most people wouldn't do that most people would like probably just think about doing. It's like similar to one of our friends who we had on a podcast before we said it, Beezy. I think it does definitely shine light on like some of the things that's going on because uh, let's be real. Um, like we just said, Myers Myers Leonard, an NBA player, said a racial slur on a Twitch stream and was banned like just like that, like in a snap. Like it was quick how 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 fast he got banned. So the fact that she said uh, this racial slur as many times as she did and still didn't get banned is just showing like the the injustices that 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 are there within the Twitch and uh, streaming video game community. But the thing is. It's like, I don't see how hard it is to just play video games online, collect a check for it. It's just, it's not that difficult. Like, it's literally one of the easiest jobs to to do. Just playing video games, streaming it online, being respectful to people, building up a community, not using racial slurs and et cetera, and you collect the money for it. But, I mean, yeah, the way he went about it was probably a little bit extreme. He probably should have just, like, maybe joked about it on his uh, Twitch rather than raiding her. Because now, like, on social media, it's just, like, crazy. It's just, like, a whole Team Gideon, Team Pokemon thing. And, like, I mean, I'm not jumping into that. I'm just, like, minding my business. I'm, like, on the outside looking in. But it's, like, crazy. You got other Twitch streamers siding with who they who they agree with. And it's just, like, toxic. And it's just crazy that uh, a video game community where everyone's supposed to be together, having a good time, building a community, playing video games, and just, like, spreading uh, love and positivity to one another is just so toxic. And... Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like her her channel should have got should have gotten banned like a while ago, like because I I just seen the clips of her saying the N word, and as many times as she said it, it's crazy that she still has a platform. But I mean, I'm pretty sure if it was the other way around, if she if she you know things wouldn't have went like that. But that's just kind of my thoughts on the situation. I just hope that like you know everything works itself out. But like she definitely has to start taking more like showing more consideration and and being more mindful of what she says because like. Some people, some people, a lot of people get offended by that, like calling them racial slurs, especially like the heavily woke people, as like some would say. Yeah, it's good you brought up Myers Leonard's situation. And obviously he did use, you know, a Jewish slur, which I mean, doesn't make it, you know, le- more bad or less bad. Like practically was like, you know, dropped from the Miami Heat. And yeah, I believe he's on the Miami Heat, but he's like not even in the NBA anymore. And this goes to show like, maybe some of the Twitch like privilege because she is like one of the most you know popular accounts and does bring Twitch a lot of money. But I mean, at the end of the day, that shouldn't shouldn't really matter in this situation. You know, Jadion, he's on YouTube now, you know, streaming on there. And yeah, he he's pretty funny. Like he there's this one video you guys should go check out. I believe it's his L.A. stream when he goes to L.A. But uh, yeah, he has a court like court date because he like he did he did some trolling in like an IHOP bathroom or something and like they banned him and he had a court like appearance for it and he had his like uh, videographer like film at the back of the court and I remember the judge was like judge was like yeah you can't go to IHOP anymore and then he like under his breath is like Denny's is better 
like to the judge. And I was like, what? And then he comes out and they're filming him. So yeah, it's interesting to see what happens, but going into the ninja situation now. So basically Jadeon went on Ninja's stream and, you know, was basically like, help me and all this. And on the stream, Ninja was like, you know, you see, like, I'll try to do the best I can do, you know, talk to my people at Twitch. You know, and didn't say like he's gonna actually like help him get, you know, unbanned. But yeah, he he did admit like you can't be talking and he did say you can't be talking, you know, bitches like this. You know, it was a very like general term. He wasn't using it in a negative way, which, you know, Pokemon took and and then Pokemon took that, you know, he was gonna get, you know, his Twitch people involved that he had done it and he had reached out to a bunch of people. And basically, you know, she was going on saying this and her whole like explanation video on Twitch is just such jokes, you know, what she was saying, like she's reading off a script the whole time. Like it doesn't even seem authentic at all. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, since she is a girl and is a Twitch streamer, she does get a lot of, you know, hate online just because, you know, for being a girl. But at the same time, you got to look at how much money she's making as a Twitch streamer and, you know, for what she's doing on there, you know. So it's kind of hard for me to be, you know, so sympathetic for her case. But basically, you know, Ninja's wife or girlfriend, who's his manager, you know, that some DMs went back and forth, basically like, you know, her saying that, you know, you're, you know, you're slandering us and, you know, we're going to sue you. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, MJ, what what do you, what do you know about the ninja now Pokemon incident? And what do you think is going to, you know, come about of all of this? Do you think there'll be any like sort of punishment for Pokemon? Because it seems like she hasn't gotten any punishment at all other than the hate she's been getting online but specifically from you know twitch um but do you think anything will happen with that honestly i think it's gonna stay the same way it's been for a while her staying on top untouched unscathed there's been a lot going on between the two but it's just a lot of drama and i mean there's always going to be a little bit of drama somewhere on this platform but of course, not like this. I wouldn't have expected it to be coming straight from Pokimane and having like all these other big streamers involved. But yeah, no, I feel like it's just the way Twitch is. Considering that Pokimane is a you know top one percenter of like streamers, she like takes in all of the viewers and everything, along with like a couple others. She's probably like top five on Twitch right now. She's likely not gonna be getting any sort of punishment because Twitch needs viewers, of course, to function properly. And if Pokimane leaves, then all of her viewers will too. And so it's like kind of a thing where she's defended by her fan base and she doesn't even know it. Or maybe she does. No clue. But, and it just gets so crazy up to a point where Ninja, kind of washed, I'm not even gonna hold ya, comes in and he, and he has to talk about this. I mean, of course, Gideon kind of dragged him into it when he texted him and he was like, yo, bro, Pokimane got me. Uh, she got me banned, all this, all that. Yada, 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 yada. And he's like, Oh, don't worry, bro. We're gonna find a way to solve this. And I like at that point, that's where uh, his his wife starts sending messages and screenshots to Pokimane, right, about the situation. And she starts getting all on top of his, you know, comments and like texts toward Gideon. And I feel like everyone's kind of in the wrong there. I mean, Ninja Ninja, I'd say is in the least in the wrong because he he just kind of got dragged into it, involved, and he was just like, oh, I guess we gotta do something about this. And Pokemon just kind of took it the extra mile by calling him out, saying all of this. Like, when I was watching a video of her, like, you know, explanation, 
it just seemed kind of rough because she was like constantly bashing on him specifically. And I, I just thought it was like up to a point where I was like, is this even Pokemon? Is this even like a Twitch streamer that should be number one? They got real crazy. Yeah, that's uh, it's good you pointed out that, you know, she was kind of just bashing Ninja because in a way, I, it's almost like harassment against Ninja, you know, what she was doing. You know, obviously defamation and slander is a lot different than harassment. But I assume some of her fans, you know, who have been defending her this whole time uh, went after, you know, Jideon and went after, you know, Ninja. I assume, like, must have happened and unless, like, her followings are a bunch of saints, which clearly not true. And then also to point out, like, you know, her leaving Twitch and... I mean, honestly, if I'm being honest, probably all her fans would just find another girl to, you know, fantasize about or whatever or think they have a chance with her. <laughs> but uh, like Valkyrie, for example, um, I don't know any of the other uh, Twitch girl streamers, but uh, it is funny that, you know, Ninja is washed right now. And because in a way, like her, like make a whole big deal about Ninja kind of defending Jideon, like, you know, she knows that Ninja's viewers are down. She knows that he's washed. So she like, probably feels like she has the upper hand in this whole thing and that you know twitch has backed her against Jideon, and also she calls him dijon on her streams which i'm also that's not that's not okay and everyone who watches like the reactions like dijon isn't that a mustard <laughs> but uh yeah but at the end of the day Jideon will be fine he'll be on youtube you know it's just about i think the fairness of the whole incident uh, but yeah, Ishii, I'll give you some, what are your last thoughts on this, you know, with the whole situation and uh, with uh, even Ninja's wife coming in, you know, to this. Me, I, I used to, like when Fortnite started popping off, I, I used to watch Ninja a lot, but slowly but surely, he started to become like more of a like, it was like kind of douchey, like I didn't like the vibes I was getting from him. Like uh, he was like on Fortnite, like there's this option where you can support your favorite creator. He was just like, Oh, if you want to support any of your favorite smaller creators, like, just like, I don't know, he's just kind of an asshole to me personally. Like, I stopped watching him because I just feel like he thinks he's better than everybody. And like, you know, like, I respect it. Like, you want to, you want to position, I respect that you're in the position that you're in, but I like some point, man, you still got to be humble and just like build everybody up. Don't knock them down and tear them down just because you're up on a pedestal and stuff like that. As far as him bringing his wife into that situation, I understand she's your manager, but that's just, like, so fucking corny, bro. And it's just like, you serious, bro? And his wife is annoying, too. And that's not me throwing shit on Ninja, because, like, at one point, I did genuinely like and, and really mess with his content. But it's just like, as time passed, he started and he started to, like, uh, attain, obtain more fame and, you know, start to get more popular and stuff like that. And started to really blow up. He started to become, like, an asshole. So, you know, I don't really like, like, I don't know understand that he was brought into the situation which is like the way he go about stuff certain situations just like off to me and i haven't been i haven't watched him in years i haven't watched him in years pokemon so like the fact that they're beefing is crazy because at one point ninja was actually defending pokemon uh from a situation where there was a kid uh making uh like inappropriate like uh statements on one of her streams and he was defending her basically saying how uh the twitch or something needs to do some type of privacy option or some shit like that where they could basically prevent things from like that happening. So to see them beefing now after all these years is just insane. But like, yeah, that's just pretty much my take on Ninja and stuff like that. Like I don't really watch them. I do watch uh, Jinion though because his YouTube videos are funny, but it's just like crazy that this is happening. Like 
pretty much to sum up my thoughts on this situation as a whole. It's just like, I just keep coming back to the question, how hard is it to stream video games online, collect a check for it, get rich? Like, you're, they're, they're essentially rich, getting rich off of playing video games online. Why is there so much drama, like, surrounded around playing video games and building a community and doing that? Like, that shit is, is, is insane. But I guess, like, uh, you know, I guess misery loves company. So whatever, you know, that just happens. But it's just crazy to me. Yeah, and then before we move on uh, to some of the Microsoft news, it's good you point that out because I think there, I don't know who it was, but there was like a girl streamer. I think she got sick or something or she got COVID and then she was like complaining about not being paid like while she was sick and like not having enough benefits, which I find really ridiculous. And um, it's unfortunate that, you know, you know, you're making so much money doing you know what you're doing and you know that's not to like bash people who do twitch like i love playing video games i would love to make money playing video games but like to go the entertainer route that's that's you know the fall off you know you're not going to get all these benefits that you would for you know a corporation or working for you know pretty much any company you know you're not gonna and i I, i'm not sure they might have some benefits but you know in terms of being sick and not being able to stream like there's some people who stream, don't talk, and they'll literally, and I know they're they're cracking down on this, but they'll they'll stream like a movie, or they'll stream like a TV show, and they'll just sit there and eat and not say one word, or they'll just chime in every few seconds, and then they just have all these people commenting, which I think like, is just insane. That and luckily these uh, you know these companies and properties, you know, because that is you know that is breaking a lot of copyright laws and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's good they're cracking down on that. But I just can't believe that people would complain about you know benefits and stuff like that. But yeah, this brings us to the big Microsoft news. So this was back on uh, January 18th last week. And before I get into this, so I'm reading this on MicrosoftNews.com. Uh, but it starts off you know by saying you know three billion people are playing video games today, and you know which now makes gaming the largest and fastest growing form of entertainment, which I didn't even think, and I knew like it was up there and like, like obviously in, in, in terms of an actual like entertainment that you can do yourself versus like watching a show or whatever, but it's crazy. 3 billion people are playing video games. Like that's, that's pretty insane to me. Uh, but anyway, so Microsoft, they acquired Activision Blizzard uh, for $95 a share. Uh, which is valued at $68.7 billion, uh, which is crazy. And so now that means that they you know, own the properties Overwatch, uh, Diablo, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, uh, Candy Crush, if anyone cares about that, uh, and StarCraft, which is huge. And I believe it's Activision, Blizzard, and King, which King is like the uh, Candy Crush. I'm not sure what other games uh, King make, creates. But uh, yeah, this is huge news. Uh, especially as a Xbox fan, I've primarily had Xbox, you know, my whole life other than, you know, Wii and, you know, a Nintendo 64 back in the day, which I like played like one time, but this is huge news because, you know, since I've been into video games, it's always been, you know, Sony versus Microsoft, every E3, it's like what exclusives and, you know, I will admit Sony has had the best, better exclusives in my lifetime for sure, you know, with. God of War, Uncharted series, and you know even like Little Big Planet, which I, I played at my buddy's house back in the day. Just a lot of like 
wouldn't say better games necessarily, but just different games than the, you know, the classic Xbox, you know, exclusives. This is huge now. And obviously there's no word, you know, whether or not Sony will be able to have these games as they did release a statement. This is a, this is from Forbes and, you know, they were speaking to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and this is about the Activision contracts. We expect that Microsoft will abide by the contractual arguments or agreements, I should say, and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform, which is kind of like, you know, not very a congratulatory, you know, comment to Microsoft. It's more like we we hope that they, you know, continue to make sure these games are multi-platform. Phil Spencer, or Phil Spencer, I should say, the CEO of uh, Xbox, he did say that, you know, they're going to be reviving a lot of Activision games, which I'm super stoked for. And I'm not even on, you know, next gen yet. I'm still on Xbox One. So, you know, once those start coming out, I'll definitely get, you know, the new console or maybe there'll be another one coming out soon. Who knows? But uh, yeah, MJ, let's get your thoughts on this. And then on the whole situation, you know, what this means for, you know, gaming across the board as, you know, like I said, gaming is the most popular form of entertainment right now. And then do you think that Sony will be able to have the chance to have Activision games and Blizzard games? Be honest with y'all, I think it's fantastic. Like, come on now, Activision, I mean, Microsoft buying Activision and Blizzard and King. Like, come on, business is booming. First off, first off, I got to let y'all know with a little bit of history. So before this, Microsoft had purchased Bethesda software, Obsidian Entertainment and multiple other of these game companies, right? And so, those are the creators of all the Fallout series. Those are the creators of the Dishonored series, Doom games. Uh, this is also, how you say, uh, Outer Worlds, I believe. It's a space game. It's basically space Fallout. And Skyrim. Can't forget Skyrim. So, now that they've acquired those games already, and now they're acquiring all of the games that Stikes had mentioned before, you know, including all the Call of Duties, including Overwatch, including World of Warcraft, StarCraft, all of this. They're starting to form a massive, like, super weapon. Come on now. This is going to dominate and monopolize the gaming industry forever. <laughs> like, when you think about it, it's, it's crazy. Like, these are games that you never thought, like, oh, you know, these are, these are pretty good, pretty big games. You never thought they would be purchased by someone else. And now they're literally owned by Microsoft. It's all under Microsoft. Now it's just a question of like, it's a, it's a matter of time, wondering what Microsoft is going to do next, what they're going to purchase. And it's crazy because they're making big deals. Like, I remember way back then, Microsoft, the only exclusive they had was Halo or Gears, you know? And so now they have access to so, so, so many more things. And PlayStation is over here wondering, are they going to share? <laughs> It's 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 really just like Microsoft has the bigger half of the cake of the pie, and Sony's getting like a small slice. And so I, I'm a big Xbox fan. I'm gonna be honest. I'm kind of rooting for Microsoft over here. <laughs> so this is completely biased. But yeah, it, it's gonna be a wild ride the next couple years, seeing what they're gonna come up with. And of course, the revivals. I think that's fire. I think it's great. I don't know if it's gonna be successful or not, but I believe I believe it might be. I believe it might be actually. Because these are classics. These are things that people love. These Call of Duties, I heard about BO2. Uh, probably, I think, this coming weekend. They're going to be reviving all the servers and everything. Uh, allowing people to hop back on. You know, get in there. I think it's really, really revolutionary. 
And I feel like gamers are going to be more active than ever within the next coming years. Yeah, I definitely think that. I'll just say a quick thing. I'll let you come in here, Taj. But uh, I think they will. Uh, it will make gaming even more popular than it is now. Uh, I'm just curious to see if how many people will make the switch to Xbox. If it is, you know, exclusive, and you know, it's good you put you brought up you know Skyrim and you know the Fallout games because those are quite popular as well. And you know, the fact that I, I'm so happy that Xbox has those now. And yeah, I'm definitely biased as well because you know. For years, you know, all my friends who had PlayStation were like, yeah, Xbox shit, you know, all this. But then it'll be interesting to see. But I think this will just make gaming more popular than ever as, you know, there's more games now with like cross-platform, you know, abilities, you know, whether it's on PC or PlayStation. But uh, yeah, Ishii, what are your thoughts on this? As uh, I assume you're more of a PlayStation fan on these, all this big news out of Microsoft. I think it's uh it's a great time to be a Microsoft fan. Um, me personally, I I've been with PlayStation like pretty much all my life. Like I grew up on that console, so it'll always be dead in my heart. But um, to be honest with you, I'm living the best of both worlds because I have an Xbox. Um, I have an Xbox One, so I'm able to enjoy a lot of Xbox games. And this news wasn't like disappointing for me. It was actually very exciting because it's like Microsoft are making like power moves in the gaming industry, and this is like this is like they're making history. So it's it's gonna be crazy and. I may have to get me a Series S eventually to be able to enjoy like this new era of gaming coming like after uh, Microsoft has been making these power moves. And similar to what uh, Matthew said, like I remember seeing the article when they purchased uh, Bethesda and I didn't think that they would like, you know, uh, expand on that and start purchasing like a lot of these gaming um, companies to take under their belt. But the fact that they are, is crazy. And this is just an exciting time to be a gamer and, you know, in general. More so if you're a fan of Xbox and you have a Microsoft console, you know I'm excited to see what what happens like from now on because like I have the Xbox One, I love my PlayStation. I have the PlayStation Five as well. I love my PlayStation, but the Xbox One, man, it's just like I don't know. It's just like a guilty pleasure for me because I've been Sony my whole life. Pretty much grew up on that console, but it's just like with Game Pass Ultimate, man. I, uh, it's just like I purchased it recently, like uh, the Game Pass Ultimate subscription, man. It's just like literally the best of uh, like all worlds to be honest with you man you get a a a shit ton of games from uh ea play a ton of games from the game pass in general plus if you get game pass ultimate it gives you xbox live gold as well so you have access to those games and it's just like amazing to play a lot of games that i didn't purchase but i may have wanted to play like jedi fallen order although i did purchase it on playstation i already ended the game like that and then like maybe Marvel's Avengers and a few other games that I've never played because I was hesitant to buy. I'm able to just like download for free with the Game Pass and just I'm able to play it. And I think it's a, an amazing thing. So that's why I pretty much love Xbox. But like with this move, like I'm very excited to um have an Xbox and I definitely want to look towards getting the Xbox Series S. I won't get I won't get the Series X considering I got a PlayStation 5. I think a Series S would be a good a good nice deal for me because I already have a primary console and those would be my two consoles that I that I go with moving forward. So it's it's, it's pretty amazing. But let's get into uh, some 2022 gaming news. So some of the games that will be dropping this year. You know, we'll just name drop a few. Obviously, some of these games might be delayed as, you know, for all gaming fans out there, we all know about games being delayed. And pretty much every game on this list was, like, delayed uh, from the end of last year. Or, you know, not all of them, but most of them. Uh, obviously... Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 uh, is supposed to come out this year. 
uh, first game, uh, I never played personally, because uh, I've never had, I haven't had the Wii for a while, and yeah, I, I never had the Switch yet, I'd love to have the Switch, um, but just haven't been able to get it, but yeah, the first game, you know, watching gameplay, definitely one of the most, uh, you know, beautiful games Nintendo has put together, uh, and yeah, I played Zelda back in the day, you know, growing up, uh, and then also God of War Ragnarok, uh, so obviously the sequel uh, to the last God of War game that was like, you know, uh, game of the year, I believe, uh, so stoked for that, uh, and then also Hogwarts Legacy coming out this year, which is like an open world kind of Harry Potter game, interesting to see what that will be, and then also Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, uh, super stoked for that, uh, I believe, yeah, it's a Rocksteady game, uh, just like the Arkham, you know, games I spoke of earlier. And, yeah, with the success of Suicide Squad, you know, last summer, and then, you know, with the Peacemaker series that's on right now, that's quite funny. Uh, you guys should go check that out. Uh, and then we also have Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. So this will be interesting because, like, the Avatar 2 is finally coming out, you know, like, 12 years later. Uh, and then, yeah, they're supposed to be, like, what, two or three or even a fourth movie? Uh, which, yeah, I'm not really sure about that. But, uh, yeah, this could be open-world Avatar game. And then Horizon uh, Forbidden uh, West, which is uh, the sequel to uh, 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, which was, you know, quite a good game. Uh, I never played it. It's just on PlayStation. But, yeah, I just remember all my friends who did have PlayStation really enjoyed that game. But yeah, issue. I'll get you to chime in here. What are some of the games that you are looking forward to uh, for twenty twenty two? Yeah, man, I have uh, I have four games on my list, but there's like a, a shit ton of games that you already covered that pretty much summarize the excitement of gaming. Like for twenty twenty two, at my fourth spot, like, I got four games here. It's the Saints Row reboot. Um, it's basically going to be a soft reboot of the series, and they're basically going to be like starting over, starting fresh. My only thing is I'm a little skeptical about it because it looks nothing like how the original game looked. And I know uh, a lot of fans of uh, Volition and uh, Saints Row kind of want the game the mirror of the very first game, which was like a very urban GTA clone type game. And that's what they kind of want to go back to, their roots. But this game looks like it's kind of over the top still. So a little people are skeptical about that. But I'm not going to, I wouldn't purchase it day one, personally. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in it with no expectations and eventually wait for a price drop so then I can get it on a sale so that way, when I'm playing the game, I'm not disappointed that I spent uh, 60, 70 bucks on a video game. And just just a, um, just a little side note, I think $70 for a video game is like unreasonable at this point. But I mean, it's like kind of a new norm. That's why a lot of people purchase digitally. But even then, they're like starting to add like tax on like digital games. So it's crazy. But next on my list is a game I'm very hyped about getting. And I think it comes out April. I'm getting it. I'm I'm ready. It's Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Like, I don't know if you two have seen the trailers, but like this is probably gonna be the most ambitious Lego Star Wars game to ever be made. Just the open world, the you can start from you can start from any specific trilogy. You can start from the the original trilogy with Episode Four, A New Hope. You can start with the uh, prequel trilogy, starting with the Phantom Menace, or you can start with the sequel trilogy of The Force Awakens. There's ways to the mechanics are different. Graphics look amazing. Uh, just like the new engine that the Lego game is running on, it's crazy. And I'm just so hyped because I'm a big Star Wars fan. They sent, uh, I heard there's like over like 500 plus characters. They had the Bad Batch coming in as DLC, uh, the Mandalorian season pack 
one and two. So we'll get those characters from those specific seasons. Uh, we're getting a Rogue One pack. So like you'll be able to play as Cassian, uh, Cassian Andor and uh, Galen uh, Erso, I guess, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, so I'm excited for this game and I can't wait to get it because like I'm a big Star Wars fan for those who don't know. And we've talked about the, the TV shows on a podcast on the Disney Plus episode, but like as far as video gaming, I'm a big Star Wars fan and that as well. Like I was just like a couple hours ago before we started recording this podcast, I was playing a couple games of Battlefront 2, uh, Heroes vs. Villains, which is probably one of my favorite modes of all time. Like I recently just mentioned, I ended uh, Jedi Fallen Order like four or five months ago. That was an amazing game. So I'm just a big Star Wars fan and I'm happy to be able to play the Star Wars trilogy in Lego form. Uh, I believe it comes out April 5th. I'm not too sure, but I'm so excited for that. Um, next on my list, I have the Suicide Squad game, which Stikes already mentioned. And coming into it, I don't really know how the mechanics are going to work. They look pretty interesting, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just want to see more from it. I feel like we'll get some more news and more trailers later on down the line, but I'm excited for it to be able to play as uh, the Suicide Squad, which is like, I think this will be the first time they've ever been playable in a video game like by themselves. Like you got Deadshot, uh, King Shark, Boomerang, and Harley Quinn. I think those are some interesting characters. Um, it would have been nice to get a lot of the characters from the new reboot that James Gunn did because it could sort of be like cross promotion because I think the Suicide Squad movie was really good. But yeah, I'm excited for this game and I've seen the, the first few trailers. Like it's just funny as hell. And I, I'm so excited to play that game. But like my most anticipated game coming this year is Gotham Knights. The trailers from the, the rumored story, the villains, and the gameplay that we've already seen, I think this is like probably going to be one of the biggest games of the year. But I don't want to get too hype about it because I don't want to have another Cyberpunk 2077 situation where I literally pay top price for the game and the game has so many bugs. Like it literally wouldn't play on my, my PlayStation 5 console. Like it'll work for like 10 minutes and then the game would just crash. I wound up getting a refund for the game, luckily, and then I wound up buying it again later on after a few updates for like a, a big price cut, like 25 bucks. Ended the game very underwhelming. I thought it would be one of the biggest games of the year, but it was like one of the biggest flops. But with Gotham Knights, it looks exciting. You got you get to essentially play with the Bat family without Batman. I think that's interesting because like we play, we've had the Arkham games, we enjoyed them, and it looks like it's in the same style of the Arkham games. And you get to play as Nightwing, my favorite uh, member of the Bat family. You got Red Hood, you got Bat, Batgirl, and you got uh, Tim Drake, Robin. So I think those four and their different play styles were just like, it's just going to be different. And I like the whole idea of teammates and friends could just drop in and help you at any point in the story. So it's just going to be fun to play that game with friends. And like any moment they come home from school or work or whatever, we could just hop on, do a couple missions of Gotham Knights and just like have fun. Those are my like top four anticipated games this year, and I'm I gotta get it. I think I gotta get a Series S as soon as possible so I can enjoy some of these games in 4K HDR on a big flat screen TV that we got mounted to the wall. So I'm I'm just hyped. All right, so uh, I just wanted to piggyback off of one thing that Issue mentioned. It was that Gotham Knights game. Oh, you feel me? I am so ready to play as Nightwing. So ready to play as Batgirl. And it's strange because Barbara's playable in this one. And as we know, she's, uh, you know, crippled in a wheelchair after the Killing Joke and all that. Um, she becomes Oracle. But now I'm guessing it's like sort of a different timeline, maybe. And so I'm, I'm going to take it. Bruce is dead in this one. And so they have to take up the mantle as the defenders and protectors of Gotham or Arkham. Yeah, and I think that's going to be like super sick. It's coming out literally this year. I'm hype. I am so ready. Hopefully they don't delay it. <laughs> Moving on. There were a couple games that I wanted to mention. First off, there's going to be Elden Ring, which is a brand new 
game by id software id software it's basically the newest in the soul series it's awesome i'll talk about that in a second next up i want to mention dying light 2 which is literally and i kid you not well this and elden ring are coming out next month and y'all know my pockets are going to be empty y'all already know i am spending the most money on video games i've ever spent this year uh, then, of course, there's Sons of the Forest. Very, very, very hype and uh, highly anticipated sequel to The Forest. It's this um, obscure indie game that was um, found on Steam, and I'm pretty sure you can find it on Epic, where you get crash-landed from a plane into a forest, and you have to survive. From there, you meet locals, you meet some strange creatures that live within this forest. And it's like really interesting to be able to survive. It's literally Survival Simulator. Kind of like art, kind of like uh, Stranded Deep and other games like that. So, in order to expand on Elden Ring, I want to mention how it is, of course, a brand new game. And I guess you could say the Soul series um, is going to be very similar to it, but of course not a copy-paste. It's going to be a brand new open world. Uh, and it does have, how you say, co-op or online multiplayer capabilities. It's up to four players, and it's going to be so awesome being able to relive those same fantasies of Artorias, or maybe, <laughs> I'm blanking right now on other names, but of course just reliving Dark Souls fantasies, but this time with up to three other friends. It's going to be awesome. I'm really going to enjoy it. As soon as it comes out, I'm buying that game. Dying Light 2, I heard it's going to have over 500 hours of gameplay. Right, right, crazy. The creators of the game had mentioned it. They like posted it everywhere. They released a bunch of really good trailers. And of course, it's gonna, it's bound to have a good amount of time of gameplay because we've been waiting about five to six years for this to come out. And so it's been a long time since the first Dying Light released. I should probably explain what it's about. It's basically this zombie game in which the entire world has been corrupted by the zombie virus. It originally started in this place called Haran, I believe in the Middle, in the Middle East. Uh, it's made by the same people who made uh, Dead Island. It's made by Techland. And so I think that's really cool that we're going to have like a brand new game, brand new story. I heard the main protagonist is actually the child of the protagonist of the first game, which is going to be really awesome to hear about. It takes place 20 years after the zombie virus spreads. There's all sorts of parkour mechanics, which I really love about it. Um, that's what I loved about the first game. That's what made me like so addicted to it. So you can parkour, kill zombies, kill people, because after all, other people are your greatest enemy. So last one I want to tackle was Sons of the Forest. It's going to be epic, I believe. You know, as previously mentioned, it's going to be Sons. So of course, uh, you're probably going to be playing as the children of the main protagonist of the first game, likely. And it's just more survival simulator. Like, why not? Uh, I believe the multiplayer aspect of the game is expanded upon. And it's going to be really interesting. I personally have never played The Forest. I've seen, you know, playthroughs, walkthroughs, gameplays of it. And I thought it was pretty interesting and pretty fun. But yeah. Yeah, and just to uh, piggyback on the Gotham Knights, because um, I, I forgot to mention this, but um, Arkham City had, like, DLC for, like, Nightwing and, like, Robin. And it had, like, a Red uh, Hood, like, DLC mission. That came out probably like a year after the game dropped, or maybe less than a year. But I remember playing that, so we'll be super stoked to play that. And then just to talk about Elden Ring as well. And I saw like uh, IGN posted something that it's gone gold, like it won't be delayed. I, I didn't know that's the term used for that. But uh, it's interesting because George R. R. Martin, you know, the creator of Game of Thrones, he's going to be, you know, writing 
uh, I believe some of the the missions and you know he's working with you know the creator of the game uh which is you know coming out but so that's super exciting and you know with the Lord of the Rings game coming out which we will talk about eventually the new Lord of the Rings series that's coming out later this year as we will be doing like an Amazon Prime uh episode cuz that is coming out on Amazon and it's going to be the most expensive like single series ever as i believe they spent like 500 million on the actual production and then probably like you know 200 million on marketing so it's going to be close to a billion dollars they're going to spend on one season which is going to be crazy uh so that'll be super cool with that game coming out and i believe there's another lord of the rings game supposed to come out later this year i can't remember the the name of it uh but super stoked for that and then, yeah, also other games that, you know, potentially will come out, uh, you know, Spider-Man, uh, I believe Spider-Man 2, uh, correct. Yeah, Spider-Man 2. And I believe it's going to be Miles Morales in this one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, that'll be dope. But yeah, anything you guys want to add for any games that's coming up this year? Obviously, the Lego Star Wars is going to be huge, stoked for that. Yeah, cool to see the, the new kind of gameplay and, you know, what they're doing with that. Um, but out of this list, what would you guys say is the number one game that you guys are stoked for this year? Me, I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Lego Skywalker Saga. Honestly, I have to. And then Gotham Knights is a close second for me. And then you could put Suicide Squad and then uh, that new Saints Row game. But for me, Lego Skywalker Saga is the number one game. And then how about you, MJ? All right. So number one most anticipated release. That's gonna be kind of difficult for me to say, but. Jeez, I'd probably say Dying Light too. Like I've been, I've been waiting on this for so long. Similar to Borderlands, where I waited seven years. It's kind of like finally it's happening. And then for me, I'm gonna go with probably Gotham Knights, the Suicide Squad game, probably like up there. But uh, I'm interested to see how what this uh, Hogwarts Legacy is gonna be like because I am a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah, I've watched you know all the movies dozens of times, and you know read the books when I was younger. So stoked to see that because. Yeah, even the the Harry Potter Lego series. I think I played every single Lego, and the uh, probably my, one of my favorite was the the Batman villains, um, and actually the uh, the Marvel one. The Marvel open world Lego game was actually pretty fun. Looking back on that, just the amount of characters, and it's gonna be cool with the Lego Skywalker because I didn't realize that they're gonna have the Mandalorian stuff, and then even the Cassian Andor stuff, which is super cool. Pump for that series. Uh, we will talk, do another Disney Plus two episodes soon. Uh, but that wraps up pretty much all our gaming talk uh, for episode forty-one. Uh, so we're gonna pass. I'm gonna pass it off to you, MJ. Now, just tell everyone about. You know, obviously, you've talked about you know what games you like and what games you enjoy, but uh, specifically for your streaming and you know your YouTube channel. I did subscribe to your YouTube channel. It was actually funny to me that you were able to have like just MJ because I, I I don't know. It's just shocking to me that there's no other accounts with like MJ. And I, I remember trying to search for it and I put MJ and then it was a thousand Michael Jackson videos and like Michael Jordan videos. But yeah, just tell everyone what you like to stream uh, and then anything you got planned in the next upcoming months uh, for streaming. I just want to say, yeah, it is difficult to find my name on YouTube. I searched up MJ once. Not again. I just went straight to my channel, like through my top right corner. But yeah, so basically on my Twitch, thank you for giving me the opportunity to plug, by the way. On my Twitch, uh, MJ Okamura, I like to play all sorts of video games. I mostly dedicate Saturdays to like indie games and such, getting ready to like play these other games that, you know, don't really have too much light shed on them. Like they deserve like a spotlight, they deserve like to be seen and heard. 
so it's like every Saturday, it's either I play that or I play horror games. And so days days other than that, I play Apex or Valorant. Of course, Valorant, like I mentioned earlier, was a 5v5 tactical shooter. I think it's really interesting and fun. And of course, I dedicate enough time to it to want to stream it. And then uh, specifically for YouTube content, like, are you just going to be uploading, you know, clips from your Twitch or... Like once you do, because I, I noticed you didn't have any content, but what is your like your first few videos that you're plan on posting for YouTube? Oh yeah, that's definitely a big one. I've actually thought about it a lot because I, you know, from streaming, I was just like mostly like, oh, YouTube seems to be like a lot of work, but of course streaming is a lot of work as well, getting it set up and everything. But once you're in it, you're in it and you grow like an awesome community. And I'm hoping I could do the same with YouTube by uploading, of course, videos of my um, content, like clips of my gameplay, of like kills and everything that I get, or maybe like highlights for my streams, I'd say. Um, I'm thinking of just doing like YouTube shorts. You know how you would have those where you like click on them, you scroll, it's kind of like TikTok. I'm gonna post the same thing that I would post on TikTok there, or maybe some YouTube exclusive content, TikTok exclusive content, um, cause I already have clips on my TikTok. It's only a few though, but yeah, I'm hoping to expand on that and Maybe I'll just post video on demand for my um streams, so like VODs on my on my YouTube, and I figured that that could be what my channel is used for. Awesome. Well, yeah, go check out. Uh, yeah, if you're you are into streaming, because you know I I assume most of our listeners, you know, maybe aren't necessarily you know into Twitch, like you know follow a bunch of Twitch streamers, but I know a lot are you know do play video games and you know do go on YouTube. And, you know, with TikTok passing Google as like the most popular you know, uh, application or, you know, website, which is just crazy to me. Uh, I, I have to say YouTube's probably just up there as well. And that's a good point about the YouTube reels. Cause yeah, like I don't even, I go on YouTube quite a bit and like the reels would just like pop up, you know, randomly. And I actually do enjoy a lot of the reels. You know, it is a, a good way to absorb content and, and it's nice that they have all these different platforms that you're able to grow different audiences because some people, you know, don't go on Twitch. Some people just go on TikTok or some people just go on YouTube. So, or IG, for example. But to point that out, you should go check out, everyone should go check out me and Issues uh, TikToks as, we wouldn't say I'm the best gamer out here, but I do, I am up clips from, you know, I've been playing a lot of Halo and, you know, whether Madden clips, I'm going to be uploading some FIFA clips soon, but, you know, just promoting, uh, you know, the guys music who have been on the podcast, that's my primarily my, I'm not trying to you know, become a streamer out here by, you know, get blowing up my TikTok, but, you know, just trying to get the guys hashtag numbers up and stuff like that. And eventually I'll be posting like the playlist and then we'll do, we'll start doing, um, maybe actually we'll post some clips of this podcast um, into some TikToks with some gameplay uh, just to get some variety up there so you guys can hear the podcast because I actually haven't posted any clips yet, which I will start doing uh, soon. But um, yeah, thank you so much, MJ, for coming on once again. Uh, yeah, it's a long time coming. But uh, I should point out as, you know, when we had Nico on, you know, I talked about, you know, she was the first one to kind of reach out to me to be on the podcast. And then MJ was like the second one, you know, to reach out to me. Uh, so thank you to reaching out because, you know, we do bring that up every episode and, uh, you know, most of the time people don't reach out. So I do appreciate that and happy to have you come on anytime. And yeah, the next time we have some gaming news, we'll definitely have you on, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. <laughs> this makes a, this puts a smile on my face. Awesome, man. Thank you. And uh, Taj, I'll let you uh, finish up this episode. Uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners who's been tuning in, like, 
every episode and showing love to me on social media. Like, I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, the more episodes that we got coming soon, it's like we got some special things cooked up. So I'm just excited for that. And I just wanted to say thank you again, uh, MJ, for hopping on the podcast on such a uh, short notice. Like, I really appreciate it. Like, that's love. And, uh, yeah, like, we got to keep it coming. And we're just going to keep putting out these episodes. And can't wait to have you back uh, to talk gaming so we could just have, like, a, di- uh, a range of different things on the podcast. My heart locked in the icebox, minus 30 degrees. degrees I'm on my sub-zero, should I be letting it breeze? Just made my album in a week, I did that shit with ease I did that, that shit, shit with ease Yeah, freeze My heart locked in the icebox, minus 30 degrees I'm on my sub-zero, should I be letting it breeze? breeze. Just made my album in a week, I did that shit with ease yeah. I did that shit with ease Climbing these mountains for the greatness, I'm a fucking fiend a fucking My flow will leave you in the gutter like fucking debris yeah. Has the night for us, I'm focused on some better things on my lyrics like, like methamphetamine. methamphetamine on my soprano shit i'm tripping off the prozac, prozac. i spend my singing year bouncing around like where my home at yeah i show so many haters some love but they don't know that look why niggas stay giving advice they never take from the book up early in the morning strategizing getting cake hit up newspaper for beef bring out the 808s because when other niggas can help they turn their back on you they back on you this niggas still be getting so mad at you they look. mad at i put you. my faith up in the trick turns out she never cared she never but Asking her, she going lie about the love affair. This Savant syndicate shit. You getting baited by the pussy now. You hooked like a fish. What like goes fish. around comes around. I know that karma's a bitch, but bad people living good. So how could I believe it? The good people always suffer. What's the fucking meaning? Trying to survive up in this world while my enemy feasting. Pin game will take you to the moon, and now a nigga beasting. Yeah. I tell him, freeze, my heart locked in the icebox, minus 30 degrees, I'm on my sub-zero, should I be letting it breeze, just made my album in a week, I did that shit with ease, I did that shit with ease, look, freeze, my heart locked in the icebox, minus 30 degrees, I'm on my sub-zero, should I be letting it breeze, just made my, yeah, no weapon you form against me will ever prosper, prosper. they never ask me why Guan did not move like a roster, yeah. so why the fuck should I let you waste all my time, time. trying to climb out the trenches, so many goes in my mind, my so mind. please I made romance to ruins in a week That shit is OD, I'm still a rare breed I guess that you could say I'm Siamese You tryna build with issue high, you better get in line please It's 2022, that corny shit you gotta freeze Nigga, freeze My heart locked in the icebox, minus 30 degrees I'm on my sub-zero, shit I be letting it breeze Just made my album in a week, I did that shit with ease I did that shit with ease Nigga, freeze My heart locked in the icebox, minus 30 degrees I'm on my sub-zero should i be letting it breeze just made my album in a week i did that shit with ease climbing these mountains for the greatness like a fucking fiend my flow will leave you in the gutter like fucking debris was gonna sit on this for a while i let these niggas see you challenging graffiti boy that ultra ego be chilling like c'est la vie Again, man. But if they still ain't supporting, then they ain't important, man. 2022, we going up. Gonna let that shit freeze.